You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. Father, we hear you, and we come to that altar, and we lay aside every ambition, any idol, anything we've placed above you, any high thing that we've exalted above you. Maybe it's even a a thought, a, a way of thinking that we've allowed in, we lay it down. We lay it down on your altar. And step into the order of the Lord in Jesus' name. Let your fire fall on our sacrifice, Jesus. That we become more the image of you. That you would be seen and that your glory would be seen in us. In the image of Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, you can be seated. I'll just get the team to stay for a couple of minutes. Uh, Jared, can you pass my water? Thank you. Jared's trying to steal my water bottle. I believe that the Lord is going to take us on a journey for a a couple of weeks for sure on the unity of the spirit the unity of his body I believe that we're in a time right now where we really need to be intentional with unity you know when just before Jesus was going to the cross, he prayed. And the last prayer that he prayed was in John 17. I'm going to read it to you. There's lots in it, but I'm just going to read a little portion of it. Verse 20. It says, I'm praying not only for these disciples, but also for all who will ever believe in me through their message. That's us. He's praying for us in this moment. I pray that they will all be one, just as you and I are one. As you are in me, Father, I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe that you sent me. See how important unity is? Then he says in verse 22, I have given them the glory you gave me so they may be one as we are one. I am in them and you are in me. May they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me 
and that you love them as much as you love me. Father, I want these whom you have given me to be with me where I am. Then they can see all the glory you gave me because you loved me even before the world began. So Jesus is saying this prayer to the Father just before. He wants us to have the same kind of unity that he and his Father had. And, I, and I've been really thinking about this lately. I think God's been talking to my own heart about unity in the body of Christ. And you know that unity isn't just the people in Embassy Church, right? That's, this is just the body of Christ here. It's who he's closely connected us with. But the body of Christ is anyone who has received Jesus as their Lord and Savior and believes that Jesus is the Son of God. So unity in the body of Christ isn't just this church, but it's the Catholic Church. It's the Lutheran Church. It's the Alliance Church. It's all the churches. And I, I think for so long because we have different maybe theologies or we believe different. Oh gosh, I think that we've let it creep creep into the church that we're better than them. We know more. Bless them. But we're all the body of Christ. And we're, we're, we need each other. Unity, I have this written down. Unity is not sameness. It is distinctiveness going in the same direction in order to achieve a common purpose. Unity is purpose-driven. So there is unity all driven towards the same purpose, but the difference are designed to achieve the purpose. In other words, there's differences within the body of Christ. But it's all to achieve the same purpose. And so as, as a church body, as this church body, I don't even know if I should refer to it, as part of the church body, we're going to make effort to begin to recognize that it's not just us, but that we need everyone. You see, Lucas is, uh, Lucas and Stephen from the Alliance, they have a, I can't think of the word, united worship service. Trying to bring the churches together. Recognizing and honoring, honoring 
Sometimes we don't honor with our words. I think we need to be really, really careful and intentional in this hour that we honor. And even though we don't agree, we understand that I've actually been placed with you. When, when we came in, when we received Jesus, whether you liked it or not, you were engrafted into a body. Suddenly, you became a part of the body of Christ. And you need the body of Christ to fulfill your purpose. We need each other. I'm going to read from um, <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 12. And it says, we, I think a lot of us know this, but let's read it for the fun of it. Because like Aaron said, his word is life. For just as the body is one and yet has many parts, all the parts, though many, form only one body. And so it is with Christ. For by one Holy Spirit, we were all baptized into one body, spiritually transformed and united together. See, we had no choice. It's like we accepted Jesus. Oh, you're united with a whole body. Whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one Holy Spirit since the same Holy Spirit fills each life. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether you believe different or not, whether you're a slave or you're free, you're united together. For the human body does not consist of one part, but of many limbs and organs. If the foot says, because I am not a hand, I am not a part of the body, it is not on the contrary, is it not on the contrary, still a part of the body? Whether you like it or not, whether you're like, it's just me and Jesus, I don't need the body, sorry, you're still a part of the body and you're still needed. If the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not a part of the body, is it not on the contrary, still a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But now, as things really are, God has placed and arranged the parts in the body, each one of them, just as he willed and saw fit with the best balance and function. He placed them exactly where he sees fit. If they all were a single organ, where would the rest of the body be? But now as things really are, there are many parts, different limbs and organs, but one single body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you, but quite the contrary. The parts of the body that seem to be weaker are absolutely necessary. And as for the parts of the body which we consider less honorable, these we treat with greater honor. And our less presentable parts are treated with greater modesty. I love that. Our less presentable parts 
still part of the body, but we treat with greater modesty. That makes me think of 1 Corinthians 13 that says, love covers all. That, oh yeah, I, I know there's a little bit of mess over here, but that's my place to, to cover. That's my place to honor. God, let there be honor in your body. While our more presentable parts do not require it, but God has combined the whole body, giving greater honor to the part which lacks it, so that there would be no division or discord in the body, but that the parts may have the same concern for one another. And if one member suffers, all the parts share the suffering. If one member is honored, all rejoice with it. So all the parts of the body work for a common purpose, the functioning of the body. We're working for a common purpose, the functioning of the body of Christ. Now you collectively are Christ's body and individually you are members of it, each with his own special purpose and function. So there's that uniqueness, but all have a special function within it, but are all working together, all supposed to be fit together. I think of an orchestra. And when you have an orchestra, and you see them, each instrument has different parts. They don't look the same, they don't sound the same, but when they come together for a common sound, a common purpose, a common song, what comes forth is beautiful. So I have hired for free the praise and worship team To, to show us what it looks like when a orchestra, a band, is warming up their instruments and playing individually. Go ahead. They're like, we don't even, this is breaking every rule we know. Go for it. Wonderful, that's, that's amazing. Now what happens when you guys come together to play a common song? Don't mess this up. <laughs> Hear the oceans roll. No, you did it. <laughs> And this, my friends, is division and discord. <laughs> Shins roar, see the skies light up every heart. Now sing to the Lord. Hear the rocks cry out, see the
Wonderful. Much better than the first sound, am I right? And the second sound that Jordan produced. <laughs> but the point is, is that you've got every different instrument up here with different purposes and different sounds. And alone, it's great. But together, it's amazing. And it produces a sound. Alone, you're okay. But together, it's beautiful. And you produce a sound. Together, you produce a sound. Unity, you guys can go, thank you. Unity is only possible when there is diversity. If there is no diversity, then you have uniformity. Unity doesn't just tolerate diversity, it celebrates it. And so understanding that here, out there, other churches, we are diverse with per different purposes or different mandates, I should say. And we're different. But it shouldn't be our cause of contention with one another. Our cause to, to not honor one another. It should be us celebrating one another. Coming together with one another. And then I think of, of man and woman. Right? The Bible says... Um, that man should be joined to his wife and they would become one flesh. You understand that's diversity as well, right? I remember my grandma, she gave me a book a long time ago when I first got married and it was um, men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. And the, the point behind it was women's brains are like spaghetti and we're like all over the place and we're kind of interconnected and we'll tell one story to get to the next story. And men are like waffles and their brains are in boxes. <laughs> or there's um, men are from Mars and women are from Venus. <laughs> um, all the different all the different diversities, but yet God calls us together because he says, together, you're better. There's things that I've placed in you and things that I've placed in you, and when you come together, it's better. It's better. But unity, unity demands our commitment because it's not always gonna be easy. Because we, we think different, we may not agree, we look different, we sound different, but it's gonna demand our commitment. The praise and worship team or an, art, or an orchestra in general often get together to practice so that they're all on the same page because it, it requires commitment. And I believe that the Lord is actually requiring some commitment of his body, being committed to the unity of his body. I was listening to a lady, uh, she was talking about her and her husband and, and how 
they'll come home from work and they both have really high demanding jobs and they'll come home from work and they'll ask each other when they get home, what percentage are you at? And, and he'll say, I'm at 80, had a good day. And she's like, I'm at 20. And he's like, okay, I got you. I will cover you. I will make up the rest. Or, or vice versa. Or she said, sometimes they'll come home and they'll be like, I'm at 20. I'm at 20. Okay, let's just avoid each other. <laughs> but recognizing that we're committed, to, we're, we're committed to this. And the other thing that unity requires is sacrifice. Anybody that's married knows that, that there's sacrifices that take place regularly. I was just talking to someone the other day. She was doing my nails, actually, and she, we were talking about marriage and how marriage requires sacrifice. There, are thing, there is a give and take that happens all the time where there's a dying of yourself. There's a letting go of what I want. I, re, I remember someone saying, or maybe I said it. I think it was someone else. <laughs> I remember someone saying, that in marriage, it says that the two shall become one flesh, but that's always a working out. There's going to come different stages in your life where you're constantly working it out. Okay, I got to let this go. A, a working towards a common purpose. I'm here for you. I'm in this for you. And so unity in the body demands sacrifice and commitment. In Ephesians 4, verse 1, it says, So I, the prisoner for the Lord, appeal to you to live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. Remember that. To live a life worthy of the calling to which you have been called. That is to live a life that exhibits godly character, moral courage, personal integrity, mature behavior, a life that expresses gratitude to God for your salvation. And it says, how? With all humility, forsaking self-righteousness, and with gentleness, maintaining self-control, with patience, and then burying one another in unselfish love. Burying means to carry the weight of. I wonder how many of us are carrying the weight of each other. Because it says to live a life worthy of the calling which you have been called, this is one of the ways is to bear with one another. And then it says in verse 3, make every effort to keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Each individual working together to make the whole successful. It says make every effort. There is one body of believers and one Spirit, 
just as you were called to one hope when, oh my goodness, just as you were called to one hope when called to salvation, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all who is sovereign over all and working through all and living in all. and working in all and living in all. Make every effort. You know, we've been talking about the gifts of the Spirit in the last couple of weeks. I believe it's 1 Corinthians 14 that talks about it. In the beginning, it says, pursue love. And then it says, desire the gifts of the Spirit. And so we've been talking about desiring the gifts of the Spirit. But the first instruction in that verse is pursue love. Coming out of 1 Corinthians 13, which talks about what love is, it says, pursue it. Pursue it. That means go after it. Pursue it. Make every effort to maintain the oneness of the Spirit. To keep the oneness of the Spirit in the bond of peace, each individual working together to make the whole successful. I think sometimes that there's lots of ways you could look at that, but I think sometimes we get really focused on what I am called to do, which is good. That, that's not a bad thing because you're unique and God did call each one of us. But understanding that your call, you getting in your lane, you fulfilling the purpose and plan that God has for you is aiding, is helping, is part of a bigger picture. It's not just about me. It's about the whole body functioning as it should. And so that even poses another thought that if I'm not, if I'm like, I'm just going to disengage, I don't actually care. I'm mad at them. I, I'm going to do my own thing. The body of Christ then suffers because of it. I had this picture during prayer of a leg just deciding not to work one day. And so you have someone coming to church and they're just dragging, hopping, dragging their one leg. It's like, oh, well, something's wrong there. 
And sometimes, sometimes it's, it's not that your leg isn't functioning. There's a tiny piece inside of your body that's not working properly that actually causes your leg not to work. Joan knows. <laughs> we, saw, we saw a couple years of, of Joan limping. Thank God she's not, but she knows the pain of a part inside your body not working properly. And so for you to sit there and say, I'm insignificant because I'm not that, or I'm not this, or the call of God on my life isn't significant as somebody else's, it, you're so wrong. Because every part matters. And then for us to sit and think, well, they're not as significant because you've judged them in your own eyes. You haven't then made every effort to go to them Philippians 1.27 says, Only be sure to lead your lives in a manner that will be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I do come and see or remain absent, I will hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit and one purpose, with one mind, striving side by side, as if in combat for the faith of the gospel. I know I said this already, but I just really believe that there's this warning from the Lord about his body. And, and, and I think even when we've been talking about the gifts of spirit, the spirit, that he's been preparing us, that he is preparing us as a, as a church. And that he's giving us strategies to not only wake up as his body, but strategies and preparing us for the days that are to come. That he empowers us to be victorious, but our ways and our selfish desires won't allow us to be victorious if we choose our own ways. He, he gives us Everything, the Bible says, everything that we need for the life of godliness. But there's a call for us to step into his way of doing things. As the Bible say, your kingdom come, your will be done. It'll be your way, your kingdom, your way of doing things, my father used to say. The kingdom is his way, his rule, and his way of doing things, not my way. And I, and I believe part of the warning is in Matthew 12, 25, it says, Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said to them, Any kingdom that is divided against itself is being laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will continue to stand. 
where there's division. The enemy loves division. Because he can get in there. It says if you're divided against yourself, you can't stand. And so the enemy will try to get in there and cause division, cause division within us, cause division within the churches. So when the body is needed to stand, it can't. Unity is so important. I wrote this as a quote, alone is the easiest way to be attacked, but unified is the easiest way to bring an assault. Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9 says, two are better than one because they are more, they have a more satisfying return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion, but woe to him who is alone when he falls and does not have another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, then they keep warm, but how can one be warm alone? And though one can overpower him who is alone, two can resist him. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. A person standing alone can easily be attacked and defeated. And, and, and I, think, I think the world has kind of infiltrated the churches of me, myself, how I feel, what I want. And we've allowed that culture, myself included, to creep into our churches, into the body of Christ, and then we, we begin to isolate. COVID didn't help us either. We're all like, I kind of like this isolation, this separation. You hear it lots. But I believe God's making this call. And, and, and here's the other thing. You, you hear this lots of like, well, nobody, nobody invites me to anything. Nobody talks to me. Nobody reaches out to me. You hear that lots. I've felt it. You've, all of you, probably sitting here like, yes, I have had that thought. But what have you done? What are you doing? Who are you reaching out to? Who are you inviting over? Intentional, being intentional in this hour is so important. And I'm, I'm going to end right away. I'm just going to read a word that the, Lord, that the Lord gave me. And again, I just really think that, that the Lord is setting us up in a good way. <laughs> preparing his body. And I think that it would be so important that we begin to hear what he's saying in this hour. 
Know the importance, this is the word, know the importance of the season you're in and a wise son you will be. But what a waste when an incompetent son sleeps through his day of opportunity. I am causing a big pivot to happen in the church, the global church. It will make many uncomfortable and some to fall away. Leaders will rise up against leaders, some trying to hold on to what was. But behold, I do a new thing, and that is the echo that will be heard. Your prayer in this hour should be, Lord, give us eyes to see. Isaiah 43, 18 says, Do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. Listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing. And now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The pivot will cause the world to take notice. And it will cause an earthquake in the spirit realm a shaking of cataclysmic proportions. I am playing the trump card, the checkmate. But this is why the church must decide to stand side by side. Decide to walk together and understand that when you say that you will serve me, serving me is by design serving others and walking together in unity. This hour, we must not give lip service to unity. There has been division in my church covered up by sweet words and nods to my scripture, but I will expose disunity in the church and in the hearts of believers. Philippians 1.27 says, Only be sure to lead your lives in a manner that will be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I do come and see you, or remain absent, I will hear that that I will hear about you that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one purpose, with one mind, striving side by side, as if in combat for the faith of the gospel, and in no way be alarmed or intimidated in anything by your opponents. For such constancy and fearlessness on your part is a clear sign, a proof and a seal for them of their impending destruction but a clear sign for you of deliverance and salvation. And that too is from God. It's time for my disciples to arise and be seen and be known. And this will only come through unity and your love for one another. A surrender on the altar must come. A surrender of ambition, of backbiting, of prejudice, of selfishness, of judgments, of idols, and of religion. This has caused my church to become weak. You must surrender and then arise and pursue one another in love. There is a spirit that I am causing to fall upon the church, a deep healing of relationships, of connectivity, of openness, but you must be intentional in this hour. You must be intentional in this hour. You must be intentional in this hour. Unity 
is the sound of the hour. It is the sweet aroma and it is worship to me. So come out of hiding. This is how the church is to awaken in this hour. First Peter 3 says this, Finally, all of you be like-minded, united in spirit, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, courteous, and compassionate towards each other as members of one household and humble in spirit. There has to be humility to walk this out. And never return evil for evil or insult for insult. Avoid scolding and berating and any kind of abuse. Abuse, avoid it. But on the contrary, give a blessing. Pray for one another's well-being, contentment, and protection. For you have been called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing from God that brings well-being and happiness and protection. You are called to bring a blessing that you might inherit a blessing. And I think that's part of the, the warning of his spirit that, that we begin blessing, and we'll talk about this at another time, but that we would inherit a blessing. There's a, an incredible anointing in unity. And God, that you would do a work in our hearts. God, that you would begin to shift us even now. that you would open up a revelation of what oneness in spirit looks like. That you would teach us how to walk together, even in our own diversities. That we would cover those that are weak, but yet work together for the strengthening of the whole body. God, begin to speak to us in this week about the unforgiveness and the prejudice that we have in our heart. Light up and reveal to us our words and our conversation and our things that we say that are not pleasing to you, that is not worship to you. God, show us what true worship looks like. That is not just a song that we sing, but it's a lifestyle that we live. Make us true worshipers that lift up an aroma that is sweet to you. God, begin to shift our hearts that we may walk in a manner that's worthy to you. Have your way in us.
Let us heed to the word, God. And let us look at our brothers and sisters. Let there be a yearning in our heart for the other churches in our city. That we wouldn't become divided or remain divided. But that there is a oneness in the spirit that we may not gather together on Sunday mornings, but that there's an arm in arm, side by side, oneness in the spirit that will cause a shaking in our city. Your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For more information about Embassy Church, visit our website at embassychurch.ca. Thank you.